Welcome to StellarCast, the Stellar Recruitment Podcast. Let's go on an inspiring journey. By listening, learning, and taking key actions from our own recruitment experts, as well as industry leaders and inspirational individuals. By unlocking our own transformative change, we can all become the best versions of ourselves. Right, guys, this is the beginning of the second installment. Heaps of interesting takeaways and insights from Dan. So I really hope you enjoy the podcast today. soon. Well, then that can only help. But I mean, you guys have helped uh, a great number of people now and you've partnered with the likes of, you know, BHP, QGC Shell, uh, Westpac, uh, Qantas, Glencore and many more. You know, what are your partnerships with those sorts of companies entail? And, and can you share any great work that you've uh, you've been part of in that regard? Yeah, very, very lucky with what we've been able to achieve. Like MHM was uh, sort of founded in 2015, um, sort of the back end of my, my career. And yeah, been able to get the clinical professionals on, do the research and, and elements like that. We've done it all properly uh, with research partners. Uh, we're, we're just uh, getting across the line with the University of Wollongong. So we've done it all right. But we've done that just across 350,000 Australian workers from 125 different companies now, which uh, I probably wouldn't say partner, but we're, we're built uh, relationships and collaborations with some of those ones there, which are some of the biggest companies, not just in Australia, but in the world. So the being able to do that um, is, is unbelievable. Like we've worked with workforces that have got 10,000 people strong or, 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 or 200 people strong or 50 people strong. But some of the, the ways, like, uh, look, some, some of the companies, like the, the mining companies that we've been able to work with, where we've been with them for the last three or four years, um, and, and we've got ongoing relationships that we've had with leaders, with frontline workers, with operators, with admin staff, and uh, some of the, the, the stories, like, for, for example, I won't say the, the company, um, but we have our, our Workplace Champions Peer Support Program. So that's stage three of our Mental Health Workplace Blueprint. So this company we've been working with for three years, um, we've been able to do the awareness, the education, the training, uh, the resources, but we were we just implemented the, the Workplace Champions Peer Support Program. They'd been trained up, they'd been resourced, and they're ready to rumble. Uh, so one of the, the Workplace Champions, it was actually a shift boss. Um, this was in a fly-out, fly-and-fly-out mine, um, and this shift boss obviously had the training, but he identified one of his crew when he came into the pre-start at 5, 5.30 a.m. He was off. He wasn't his usual self. He identified the changes in what he was usually like. And what we talk about is if you identify the changes, the changes worth the checking. So he, he, he was able to – he didn't do it in front of everyone. He just said, look, when we're going underground today in the, the light vehicle, the LV, um, just come with me. I just want to, I'm to have a bit of a check in with you. Yeah, no worries. On the way down, he started the conversation with him. I've noticed some changes in what you usually like. I just want you to know I'm here to support you. I'm a little bit worried about you. Like, obviously, yeah, I'm, I'm here to support you. And this worker just broke down, absolutely broke down. Opened up, he'd been through some relationship issues. He's not going to be able to see the kids. He, he, he's away for, for, for two weeks and it was sort of halfway through the swing. And through those, obviously, those risk factors that you learn through the training, he he asked the questions directly. Had you had any suicidal thoughts? And he said, yeah, I had. He goes, when was your last thought? And had you made a plan? And being able to understand the training and, and ask those questions directly, the worker said, yeah, I have had a plan. He pulled out a bottle of pills he was going to take when he got dropped underground. And because he was able to ask those questions, he identified those changes 
he was able to get into the support. They got him back up, up above ground. They linked him in with the crisis support through the EAP. They organised the chaperone to get him flown off site. He got into the clinical support that he needed. He spent some time in, in a mental health clinic uh, and he was able to work through some of those challenges. And then the, the leader was able to be debriefed and, and stuff like that. But that, that gentleman's still with us. He's still there for his kids because of, I'm not saying it's just because of us, but it was because we've been able to put those elements we're just talking about what makes a mentally healthy, supportive workplace. And if you want to talk about a return on investment, I don't see any bigger or better return on investment than that. And we've got, I've got stories of stories of stories like that um, of what we're able to do in, in the workplace that we do anecdotally. And, and obviously we can measure it as well, but that's probably one that, that really sticks with me um, where it's just like what you do is actually changing and saving people's lives. And I'm yeah dedicated to, to what we do. And um, other simple things like, look, we, we still, a lot of the workplace is still at awareness. So part of the awareness session is we share the power of story with our facilitators. And I've got like, I think I've done over 5,000 or something workshops of stage one in, in the last six years. And you go into a workplace, there might be a hundred people in the, the, the room. It's more of a presentation rather than a workshop. So you don't really know if anyone's listening. It's, you've got a hundred people and afterwards someone will, will come up and, and then they'll share their story with you. Mm. And, and then you'll listen and, and then they'll say to you, look, I've never shared that with anyone. Mm. And, and I said, look, I, I really appreciate that and, and I want to acknowledge your story. And from there, then we a bit of a plan, link them into some support and you'll get a text message or an email or a phone call, say, three months later and, and they'll say, look, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story and helping me acknowledge my story. I went and sought that support. I'm now being a better father or a better mother. Uh, I'm better looking after myself. And, and look, they say, look, you, you saved my life. And that's just, yeah, like, that's the as challenging as it is because on the other hand, yeah, on a weekly basis we'll be supporting something crisis that may be suicidal, and we're providing that support, which that's not easy. It's it's full on. It's uh, look, we've got professional debriefers, all our controls in place to look after our team, but that's that's very very tough. And the other part of it is though, when you get those people to support, it's so rewarding to see those people not have to suffer in silence. Absolutely, so, yeah. Now, it seems the the work you're doing is uh, is amazing, and obviously the story you share in terms of um, the gentleman that was planning to, you know, essentially take his own life that day on that shift, the intervention of just the identification and then asking the right questions and then connecting with support literally changed his life, um, and obviously the workers yeah. around him, his family, friends, so hugely impactful, um, which is uh, awesome. It. it uh, it was uh, quite emotional just hearing you tell the story. So I uh, love the work that you guys are doing in that regard. I mean, we, we, we talked before, we sort of touched on that, you know, for me, I, I think physical fitness is quite well understood in practice. It feels linear and it feels tangible. So I think, you know, in basic terms, if I eat well and train, I'm a good chance to be physically well for the best part. You know, it feels less well understood when it comes to mental health, but how do we take a similar approach to, to get to that stage with our mental health or mental fitness? Yeah, really good question. Really, really good question. And it's no different kind of what you said there. And, and I'll give you, you've probably seen in the background, our, uh, our mental health yep. continuum that we've developed here. So uh, I, I think first and foremost, Look at your physical. You said belt buckle. You can jump on a set of scales. You can get a blood test, MRI, X-ray, and it gives you an indication of where your physical health is at. Now, 
part of best practice is you don't want people checking in with themselves to self-diagnose. You don't want to be diagnosed on Dr. Google, anything like that. This is not a diagnostic tool. This is a self-awareness tool. So it's how do you check in with your mental health when it's not tangible? It's not like you can take out your brain and show me and I can go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you're going, you looks like you're going pretty well. If someone comes in on a set of crutches, you can, you, you've got a, an understanding, oh, shit, it looks like something's happened. They've rolled their ankle, they're in plaster, they've broke their leg. We can understand that, but... Something that's not tangible, we don't necessarily understand. What we don't understand, sometimes we fear. So we've developed a pretty clear, simple, effective tool, Mental Health Continuum. It's just a fancy name for a line. But look, we've used the traffic light system. As you can see, you've got the green for healthy, yellow for sliding, orange for struggling, red for ill. Mm-hmm. We all have a mental health, so we are all on this continuum. And we move up and down this every second minute, hour of every day. Why do we move down this continuum? Because we go through contributing factors, change, challenge, adversity, that affects the way we think, act, and feel. If we do slide down the continuum, hopefully we can identify that. We can then proactively put those elements that we spoke about in place to help ourselves slide back up this continuum. The things that help us slide back up the continuum I'll get to, but on the top of this, we can look at, and, and we can share this with your viewers as well as a resource, uh, but on the top, we've got what we call the indicators. So they're the signs and symptoms or the changes you can identify within yourself, okay, or you can go one step further as someone else, depending on where you are. And then depending on where you are, on the bottom is the actions that you take, depending on where you are. So whether it's mindset, coping strategies, support networks, etc. What happens in Australia, though, and the literature is crystal clear on it, 54% of people that go through a mental health struggle, mental ill health or experience a mental illness, they don't seek support. They don't access treatment. They suffer in silence exactly as I did and you heard in my story. But if we go through these struggles and we do nothing, the probability of sliding into the red or experiencing that, it does increase. And that's where literature is crystal clear again, a proactive early intervention approach that leads to better outcomes. So having this as a self-awareness tool, we'll ask yourself, where are you on this continuum today? And depending on where you are, we'll give you some indication of what you need to put in place or what support you might need to put in, help you put things in place to help yourself slide back up. Because you don't, I spent 20, 22, 23 years down here because I just didn't know. I was afraid. I was scared to ask for help. I just had no awareness or education and I had no understanding. I still slide down to the orange and red, but there's able to put things in place to help ourselves slide back up. So, um, yeah, happy to share that as a resource. But that point one is that self-awareness. And then as you can see here on the top in the green and the yellow is self-care. So what can you put in place for yourself? those coping strategies, that self-care. Self-care is not selfish. It's also the social support, community support, whether that's a a sporting club, a a cooking club, the man walk, the she shed, the men's shed, whatever it may be. Or if we slide down into the orange and the red, we still recommend those connections, but it is a little bit different down here where it's recommended in and around the professional clinical support, whether it's your company employee assistance program, the Medicare mental health care plan, psychologist, counsellor, psychiatrist, whatever... That is needed to, to appropriate support suited to, to what it is that you're going through. But having this as a check-in tool, just know that you don't have to manage your mental health or a mental illness on your own. Uh, taking a proactive approach leads to better outcomes. Um, and yeah, you just the big one is you don't have to do any of this on your own. Now, I think great from a diagnostic or awareness point of view, and then it obviously then transcends to actions you can take to sort of shift uh, up the, the continuum, like you sort of said, and, and it's uh, 
it's not a static thing, you know, day-to-day, moment-to-moment, it's changing. No. So I think it's a good awareness tool and then obviously uh, pushing yourself towards some sort of proactive um, uh, action uh, to sort of help on, on that sort of side of it. I mean, going back to the, the corporate context, beyond the comments made already, what are, what are some of the more proactive organisations doing at the moment to achieve a mentally healthy workplace versus being reactive, which I think, you know, sadly most organisations fit into that reactive mode. Anything you can sort of share in that regard? Yeah, like we've uh, we're, we've got a really, oh, I won't say the company just out of respect, yep. but um, they've been one of the best, if not the best that we've worked with. So they, they followed the guidelines, they did everything. So they did the mental health workplace audit they formed their mental health committee. Um, so they, they had members across all different units. So they got white collar, blue collar within their organization. They had an individual from every part of the, 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 the business from different business units. Uh, and then we were able to do the discovery meeting through that with the committee. And from that, our clinical team, our organizational site, built out the mental health strategy from those results and recommendations. And then we worked with the committee to select the interventions from the blueprint but also aligned with their objectives and what they wanted to achieve as an organisation uh, from, the, from the top. From there, we then build it out. It's a three-year mental health strategy. Uh, and then there's other stakeholders involved in that, like their employee assistance program. Uh, there's another organisation doing a little bit of resilience training with them as well, uh, as well as in collaboration with us. Because the key is, it's not competition, it's collaboration. And, and that's where the, you're going to get better outcomes as well. So from that, we're able to then connect through that power of story, that stage one awareness, building into the education with the whole workforce. And, and we've been doing that sort of over the last 18 months. We've put uh, 220 of their people leaders through our mental health response course, which is a, a, a full day course. Uh, and the results from that have been fantastic. Uh, and then we're, We've just started the, the mental health resilience sessions with them as well across all uh, 860 of their staff uh, over the next sort of three to six months. And then we've got next year their, their peer support program that they're launching. So it's going through an expression of interest. They've obviously got to get vetted by our clinical team. Uh, but then that looks like there's going to be about 170 uh, workplace champions uh, put through mental health first aid. But then they're going to get ongoing support and personal development from our team. Uh, and then we're going to re-audit and have a look at the behavioural changes and the return on investment from that. Uh, but some of the results, I guess, from them implementing that is they've obviously been through a global pandemic where they've dealt with having to transition to work from home uh, and the challenges that come with that, homeschooling, being disconnected from people, uh, the, obviously the worries about re- restrictions and, and everything that comes with that. But then also the frontline workers who have been working all throughout a global pandemic being able to connect and seek support if they need it, have the conversations within the crews, uh, talk about some of the tools that, that we implement and, and being able to do that, where they've seen their EAP uptake increase uh, by 14% over over that period since the, doing the awareness, the education. Um, and the, the leaders from doing that training feel so much more confident in providing support to their crews and their crew members actually feel more confident and are having more conversations around that because they know their leaders have had the training. Mm. So we're really looking forward to doing the re-audit, which I think will be sort of midway through next year um, to, to see what those results are. But um, that's that's some of the, the great things there. And unfortunately, some organisations, and look, we're, I'm, I'm all about honesty. And again, we're not talking about an individual company, but where it's so, so much more the ad hoc approach where unfortunately uh, there might, might have been a, a suicide within a workplace and you kind of you, you get brought in to then obviously 
you, you put the elements in place there from that reactive perspective, which, look, sometimes that, that happens. And it breaks my actual heart when you come in there and it's it's the, the reason why you're sort of going in there, but it's the reality of it. Um, but doing it proactively, and I'm so pumped, and I'm sure you are as well, that there is obviously a, an international standard. There is going to be legislative changes and there's going to be things done best practice. Um and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be saving and changing people's lives. But from a business perspective, you're gonna retain your staff more. You're gonna have less turnover, less absenteeism, less presenteeism, less safety issues, less psychological claims. You're gonna have a more productive workforce. You're gonna have a happier workforce. You're gonna have a better culture. Like it's it's a no brainer for me, and that's why I draw it so much on what Wayne Bennett did in our in my rugby league career. He wasn't just about you being the best player. It was about you being the best person. Mm. And if you had your ducks in a row off the field, you managed everything and did all the training to your, to your best of your ability, you looked after your nutrition, your sleep, you did all that, you're going to be better on the field. Mm. And it's no different within the workplace. You better look after your people. They're the most important asset. Mm. Productivity, return on investment, bottom line, will take care of itself. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, a couple of things within the answers you provide, I think uh, – Sounds like Wayne was looking at the holistic view. He wasn't looking at, you know, Dan as the rugby player versus, you know, Dan outside. He was looking at you as a collective and if, if he could help you become and be the best person, then that would impact the organisation in a positive way. But obviously it would help you outside, of, you know, the, the football arena as well, which is, which is key. And I think um, the other thing is, you know, the mental health strategy over three years. It's not just about a course, sending a few people to a course or get a presenter in. For a day, it's a journey, right? Yep. Okay. Audit now. Where exactly. are we? Get the baseline. What are we going to do over a period of time to shift some of the behaviours, the awareness, give people tools, techniques, all that sort of stuff? Just so critical. So I, I love a couple of those key answers. So obviously you're, uh, you've been through a journey and you've learned an awful lot um, as an individual and obviously your role with the business that you now head up. Um can you sort of ask you uh, about any of your personal practices or habits you do to stay mentally well? Some of the top tips, I mean, you talked about some things, you know, earlier on in the podcast. So what do you sort of prescribe or what works for you and and, and uh, what can you share on, on that front? Yeah, look, for, for me, uh, obviously, bipolar by nature is you, you deal in extremes. So um, my psychologist, we talk about living in the smorgasbord of normality. So it's definitely about balance uh, is, is for me. So uh, And what helps with balance is obviously your structure and your routine. So that's probably big for me is having a good structure and routine um, suited to, to where I'm at and how I'm traveling. But the thing about it is, well, I've got no control over where I wake up on this continuum. Mm. But what I do have control over is the actions I put in place for myself. So um, my psychologist speaks a lot about you can't control your thoughts or your emotions, but you can better manage them. And what you can better manage them through is by your actions. So if you are in the red and, and I've got family members that live with clinical depression, it might just be getting up and having a meal, making your bed and having a shower. But it, and, and that's a win. Yeah. But and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But for, for myself, though, I, I build what we call the five percenters. So I've, I have my, my little recipe, so to speak, that I try and implement five out of the seven days a week. Um, where it might only give me 5%, but if I'm doing three or five of them, I'm going to be 20% better. Uh, and they're those actions that will help me think and feel and be a, even just that little 5% better. So for me, look, um, I, I try and get a session in the morning between 30, 30 minutes to an hour. Um, I try and do it at least four or five days a week. 
Uh, I'm lucky enough to live near the ocean, so I, I try and get that bit of that saltwater therapy. Yep. Um, get in that and do that all throughout winter too. The what, what, what they say, the acute stresses on the body relieve the chronic ones on the mind. Yep. Um, look, I'm big on writing things down. So I write three things, three intentions at the start of every day that I want to achieve. And I also write three things down that I was grateful for the previous day. And I know that sounds pretty cliche, but those things I know at the end of the day when I go back to those intentions and go, yep, I got that done, I got that done. And then you remind yourself to start that day what you do have and what you are doing. And it could be something as giving my missus a kiss on the cheek before I leave, something like that. Uh, but they're probably the the key elements for, for myself that, that help me. And other elements that help me as well is if I notice a change in what I'm usually like, I always connect with one of my, my good workmates here, Chris, uh, and, and my wife, Nadine. And I just say, look, how have I been traveling? Have you noticed any changes in what I'm like? Um, or have I been going okay? And, and they give me honest feedback. And then from that, it gives me a bit of an understanding of how I'm traveling. And I kind of compare that to how I feel I'm going as well. Uh, but I've got um, regular psychologist appointments. I see my psychologist once every four weeks. I've got one tomorrow at 10 a.m. Uh, and I'm managing myself really well, but it's about just like the way you service a car. Uh, okay, you, you've got to change your, you've got to change your filters, you've got to check the, the and that's what she does. She, uh, she, she just keeps me accountable, uh, gets a lot of the stuff out of here, and we unpack it together, and then we process it, put a bit of a plan in place, some things to work on that month, and then we we come back and recalibrate again. And that for me is just like I actually look forward to those sessions because. No one knows anything. She doesn't share it with anyone. It's I just it's you just get it off your chest and you feel like a new person. And yeah, I highly recommend that. But it's also staying connected to people. Mm. When I tend to slide down this continuum, I I disconnect because how are you supposed to explain something to someone else when you don't understand it yourself? Mm. Or oh, I'm not supposed to struggle. I'm the mental health guy. I'm supposed to. But when we feel like we need to disconnect, that's when we re- need to reconnect even more because. Mm. Human beings are supposed to be connected to a tribe of 30 and connection is one of the, the biggest antidotes to a lot of the challenges, changes, adversities we go through in life. Um, but it's connecting with the, the right people. But yeah, they're probably some of the, the biggest things for myself. Um, yeah, look, knowledge is power, but knowledge can be dangerous as well. Um, so that's why we, when we do start to know and have that self-awareness is just knowing that you don't have to do it on your own. Yeah. Um, so Yeah. I think awesome answers there, and I'm sure you share the same vision. I'd like to see in time everyone having access to a psychologist to catch up with monthly or whatever interval, the same way that we lean on the accountant to help us with our taxes, the same way we have PTs to help us in the gym, the same way lawyers help us, whatever the case is. Why would we not have someone to help us with our mental health? Because, you know, somewhere somewhere on that continuum we fall every day. Sometimes we're redlining, sometimes we're in the green zone, which is great. But to have that confidential forum to unpack and divulge where you're at and come up with some tools or techniques to better navigate or understand yourself and all that sort of stuff is just gold. It's just priceless, you know. So yeah. I hope yeah. in time everyone's got that opportunity to do that because I think the, the upside's huge. Well, I just do want to add something there. If you are someone that is going to seek that clinical professional support or anything like that, and that first experience doesn't work out, please don't give up. I, I went, my first experience wasn't good, and I almost tainted every single other support with the same brush. Nah, they're all no good. I'm not going, no, I'm not doing that. And my mum said something to me I'll never forget. She said, go and get a second opinion. And we're quick to do that in any other 
retrospect or any other space, but in the mental health space, we're not. So I did, and I found the psychologist I've seen for the last 10 years. But my thing is, if what works for one doesn't work for another, we are all different. So please just make sure if that first experience doesn't work out, please don't give up. Sometimes it is a little bit of trial and error, uh, but you will find the one that, that, that works for you. I just want people to know that. Yep. Great add-on. And maybe just off the back of that, uh, to find someone to help you on your journey, what's your best advice there? I mean, there's Google, of course, whatever, but how do you, how do you find someone, you know, when you're going through a tough time, you don't know where to start, you, you don't really afford to fall into the wrong hand, so to speak. What's your best advice there? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a really good question and there's obviously a range of different options out there. Um, I, I refer to our support network toolbox, which you can you can get online, which has kind of got all the different best practice clinical professional supports categorised in the different areas, whether it's domestic violence, drug and alcohol, relationships, depression, anxiety. So you can check all that out. Uh, look, there, there's obviously news, something that's come out, um, yeah, obviously quite new in Australia, but it's called telehealth. Yeah. Uh, so what that is, there, there's actually a, a, a platform called Cyberclinic, but there's an actual uh, questionnaire you fill out, a personality profile, and the algorithm within that actually matches you to the practitioner that's suited to your personality and to your change, challenge, or adversity, whatever that is. So it cuts through a lot of the barriers and the, the challenges that you face. So it, it overcomes those and links you to that practitioner that's suited to you. So there's definitely that option there. Uh, but there's also when you go and see your GP, okay? So if, if you're sort of looking to, to start that, that support journey, you go and see your GP, uh, and you do a, a Medicare mental health care plan consultation, uh, actually speak to that GP and, and, and say, look, I'd rather actually speak to a male over a female or a female over a male. Uh, look, I've actually, these are some, I'm going through some drug and alcohol issues, so can I get maybe someone that's specialised in that? Or And look, these are just things we don't commonly know, and especially when you're in a bad headspace, that sometimes it's lucky to get out of bed, and I've been there. Um, so the other bit of advice I really guide people into is don't work alone. Get a mental health advocate so that they can maybe do a little bit of the, the research for you or, or, or find out the options that are available to you because you may not be in that best headspace to do that. So you, you get, whether it might be a parent, family member, friend, a fellow worker, and, and you have a bit of a mental health advocate for you that, that can support you into that and, and not working alone because when we are in that dark headspace, I know exactly what it's like. You, yeah, you you don't want to be around anyone. You don't want to talk to anyone. And yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a hard headspace to be in. So having a mental health advocate can, can make the, the world a difference as well. But um, yeah, look, definitely our support network toolbox. Um, but then organisations, Headspace, Beyond Blue, Lifeline, Kids Helpline. Like these are the Relationships Australia. Like these are some of the best organisations that are literally saving and changing people's lives as well. Yeah, great, great answer, and I particularly like that uh, mental health, mental health advocate because yeah, like you say, when you're doing it tough and and it's a struggle to get out of bed, to find someone, to speak to someone, to book the appointment, it's a bit of a battle, you know. But if you've got someone that's in a better headspace to say, look, leave it to me, I'll do the research, I'll find some options, I'll try and connect you. It's just a good, simple strategy to get the help you need. Yeah, well, we do it with the physical space. Yeah, uh, like I've had family members go through cancer, and 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 that's. When you hear that, it's devastating. And you don't necessarily listen or hear what the doctors are saying because you're in shock. Mm. So having someone there with you to, to listen and, and advocate for you uh, can can make the world a difference. Absolutely. So can you understand your vision 
for what you're doing at Mental Health Movement. I mean, you're driven by making huge impact. You're saving and improving lives, you know, uh, daily. So what uh, what's your vision for the business and uh, what exciting stuff do you guys have in front of you? Yeah, look, the, the, obviously the vision is to continue creating, developing, maintaining as many mentally healthy, supporting workplaces as we can uh, and, and, and do that really well. So it's not about trying to conquer the world and, and, and take on as many companies as possible. It's just to try and do what we do really well, but also look after our team as well because you, you've got to practice what you preach. You, you, you can't be slave driving here, but then doing that there. So making sure we're looking after our team really well uh, so that we can provide the best service, the best offering, the best support uh, we can um, as well. But uh, kind of some things, obviously our mental health workplace blueprint um, is our core business that we do really, really well uh, we're, as we've spoken about. But the elements with that obviously make up where this ISO standard uh, the ISO 45003 um, has come about. And um, our organisational psychologist, Dr. Alicia McGregor, um, she has been working with our work health and safety uh, specialists uh, and we're just about to launch in sort of March next year our psychosocial hazard risk assessment training and support program. Uh, so it's kind of, uh, it's got five stages around measure, uh, learn, uh, assessment and training, and then uh, obviously the, the implementation of that. So that's really exciting, um, and obviously there's going to be pieces you've got to nut out and, and, and find out and things like that. But that's probably our next big thing that we're we're launching. The other part that we've been able to launch at the start of the first lockdown is our mental health movement digital academy. So we've been able to develop our blueprint uh, in a digital mode of delivery. Uh, so we've been able to connect with people obviously digitally when we haven't been able to do it face to face. But we've also been able to connect with family members that don't necessarily get the awareness, the education, the training, the resources because they don't work there. Their, their partner does mm. or their, their family member does. So being able to translate that, Go One is our tech partner and we've got Dr. Cam Cliff who is an expert in obviously um, transferring what you do face-to-face into a digital mode. Uh, we've been able to do that and we've got, I think, yeah, thirty or 40,000 um, people on that, on that platform, um, which is... Yeah, it's unbelievable being able to hear family members' feedback going, oh, that continuum module or the, the mental health cut module, it's changed my whole way I look at mental health. If we hadn't have developed that platform, we never would have had that. So that's probably something I think our team's really proud of because, look, when COVID come that first lockdown, your core business is face-to-face training. You're like, holy shit, what are we going to do? Mm. So being able to translate that, and I don't want to use the word that everyone uses, Pivot. Uh, it's been a bit of a hot, hot, hot word, hasn't it? Absolutely. But being able to pivot and, and, and implement that into a way that's been able to connect, I'm really proud of being able to still support our clients, our people, um, and some of our clients are our friends. Being able to support them and their families throughout COVID, uh, not being able to get there face-to-face is something I'm really proud of. But, yeah, I, I think in a nutshell, keep looking after our team, keep delivering our blueprint to the best of our ability, launch the, the frats, is what we call it, uh, and, and keep just adding so many different things onto this digital academy to, to keep people connected uh, with the best practice, awareness, education, training resources, and, and links to appropriate supports. Fantastic. Look, uh, you've been awesome with your time today, Dan. Uh, covered some really, uh, you know, I think uh, really good uh, and informative uh, uh, things for people to sort of take away from the conversation today. But uh, where can people find out more about you guys and the exciting work that you guys are doing? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Uh, and yeah, on uh, mentalhealthmovement.com.au, you can check out us via our website. 
uh, or you can email us directly at info at mentalhealthmovement.com.au. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on Facebook. It's all just under Mental Health Movement. Uh, so, yeah, we, we provide some pretty um, yeah, clear, simple, and effective content as well. But, yeah, that's that's how you find us. And, um, yeah, no, no different. You enjoyed it. I absolutely loved it. I think the, the volume of question that you got and the research that you've done, I'm um, very grateful. Um, and, and in particular, obviously, the caliber of uh, people you've had on your podcast. Um, I'm very humbled and, and so grateful to even just spend the hour with you. So I really do appreciate it. No, I'm really grateful that you've given up your time and I think, yeah, I'm sure you are, but you should be really proud about the work that you guys are doing. I mean, uh, there's one thing, you know, uh, driving PL outcomes and all the rest, of it, but there's there's no more important thing than saving people's lives, you know, and if you're not saving people's lives, you're improving people's lives and the ripple effect of that yeah. is, is huge, it's profound, it's awesome and I think that... Uh, Leaders and visionaries like you uh, who have lived through some of those challenges and now are looking to share some of your learnings with others is just so impactful um, and it must be so fulfilling what you do. So you should be really, really proud. I'm really grateful that you've taken the time to share some of the stuff and we'll do whatever we can to share some of the key aspects of what we've talked about today to hopefully improve people's lives and, and save people's lives. So thank you so much for joining us, Dan. No, my pleasure. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, if you ever need anything from us in the future, thanks again guys for listening in today really appreciate it look forward to sharing the future podcast cheers thank you for listening to StellarCast this show aligns with why Robbie McIlwraith and Sean McCambridge co-founded the company their mission was to help and nurture others to reach and exceed their potential for trusted recruitment and career advice contact Stella today